Hey darlings, welcome to another podcast episode that's all about getting stuff done, which is a really common topic that we're probably going to revisit over and over again. But this episode is specifically about how to unblock yourself when you feel that resistance, like a wall is in front of you and you just can't do it. That's such a frustrating feeling. And trust me, we've all been there this past week. My friend and I were both experiencing this and we had a bit of a coaching session with each other. So I have some things to share with you. You'll notice if you're on YouTube, I am holding my microphone again. I did say I was going to move it and set myself up on a proper desk, but I didn't do it. I didn't put it on my to-do list in my bullet journal. And when I came up to get this done, I needed to use my brain space for this. So i got to put that on my list. I'll have to rearrange a whole bunch of stuff. But for now, holding it should totally be fine. Okay, so I know you probably just want to know how to get the thing done. You want to know how to unblock yourself. But let's first talk about why it's really important to do. Because aside from on the physical material level that obviously you want to get stuff done, you don't want to have a backlog of stuff piling up, you don't want the consequences of it not happening, you do want the positive consequences of having done the thing, you want the relief of having done it, all those things, there's also a longer term impact of not following through. And in ADHD, it's so common. And part of it, it's called learned helplessness, but also it part of it is a low level of self-trust and not having integrity with yourself, which may just sound like words for now, but I'm going to get into this and the reasons why it's so important. I do have notes today, so I will be looking down a little bit, but I got notes because it's important. And I thought I should cover all bases today, not just be in flow. So I might be a little bit more choppy than my usual, just flowing with what's on my mind stuff at least for this first part. So, okay, when we don't follow through, when we set up expectations for ourselves and we don't do them, we learn that we don't do stuff. This can be learned through childhood as well. It's very common for ADHDers and it results in this low self-trust, which means that we feel like when there's something we want to do, even then we might not be able to do it. We might not be able to find the motivation to do that thing. And this could be a small thing, like you want to exercise and hydrate and look after yourself, quote unquote, small things, or a big thing, like you want to start a business and help people and you have a huge vision, but how could you possibly get there if you can't even remember to wash your dishes in the morning or keep on top of the clothes or what, or remember appointments or whatever these little everyday things are. And that is so sad. It's so sad, the stress that you feel, the inner turmoil that comes with that feeling of wanting something but not believing and not trusting in yourself to take the steps to get there. Especially ADHDers are so smart and creative and have brilliant ideas and amazing visions and we can feel this potential inside, like there's something brewing, like we're just on the precipice and sometimes you might get hyper-focus and a big burst of motivation to do it. But then when you don't have that, it's so frustrating. You might feel resistance. You might feel unable to do it. You might feel um, completely unmotivated and lethargic and like nothing's happening at all. And those are horrible feelings. And I'm so passionate about this because like I said, we 
have such amazing things to give and the things that we create change the world. So I just believe that everything, all these things that are locked inside need to come to fruition. And it's just these things that hold us back, our mindset that holds us back, our beliefs that hold us back, these blocks that we have with our emotions and our energy and our focus that stop it from happening. And it's like big rocks blocking off a, off a river and we just need to take those rocks out in order to allow it to flow. And that can seem impossible sometimes, but I'm going to give you some strategies today to help with that. So every time you say to yourself, I'm going to do a thing and then you don't do it, you are strengthening that neural link and that belief that oh, I say I'm going to do things and then I don't follow through with them. And that's not a great belief to have. It's not an empowering belief because when you go in future to do something, that belief's going to pop up and it will distract you. It will bring your vibes down. It will lower your belief in yourself. It will give you excuses not to move forward. It will make you stop before you even get going and all sorts of things. So that belief is really unhelpful. And when I talk about neurological wiring, I'm a huge believer in not just trying to do the positive thing, but just first of all, stopping doing the negative thing. Because as long as you aren't doing the negative thing, you aren't strengthening that little road in your brain, that little neurological wiring. And when you're not strengthening it, it either stays neutral or it starts to fade away. I'm going to turn that on quiet. Um, and that is so powerful. Just not doing the bad habit is so powerful and it is making so much progress. When you are creating a new positive habit, it takes effort and breaking those old habits because you're literally changing how the energy is moving through your brain. This is why it feels difficult because when you are taking a pathway that isn't as formed, the energy has to kind of slow down and squeeze through this less formed neural pathway and that's hard. The energy just wants to zip through these already formed pathways, just like it's a highway. Now there's a plane outside. Oh, there's five, six planes. Very cool. I'm just going to pause this for just a second, just to be ADHD about. Okay. So ADHD is might be a little bit distractible, but also spontaneous. I saw those planes and I just wanted to tell my kids who are downstairs that they could go and see them. They're the planes that fly in formation. That's fun. That's exciting. That brings joy to your life. So why not? And I'm sure you guys were happy to bear with me there for half a second. And now, you know, 10 seconds while I explained it. But that's a little side note. Enjoy your life. Okay. Um. Yeah. So let's break those neurological links. I've got a few tips coming up on how to do that. All right. But first I want to talk about when you don't follow through, when you don't follow through, don't beat yourself up about it. Because if you do, again, you're creating these habits and neural links and you, it makes you, it will make you not want to set goals and expectations for yourself in the first place. If after you try, or after you at least try in the sense of hoping and planning, you then are mean to yourself, beat yourself up about it, feel guilty about it, you're not going to want to do that again in future. And I want you to think about yourself as a friend. 
you wouldn't berate a friend for wanting to do something and not following through. So please be kind to yourself and have compassion. Learning to have this self-trust and not just self-trust, but another word is to rely on yourself and believe in yourself that you can do these things. It's so important because like if you're thinking about that friend, if a friend is unreliable, you won't ask them to do things. You're not going to ask a friend to, I love this saying, like the word try. If you ask someone to pick you up at the airport and they say, I'll try, you're going to get a different friend to do it. Same thing when you're talking to yourself about following through with these things. You might have an idea and a plan and then think to yourself, well, I'm not very reliable, so I can't rely on myself. I can't follow through with this plan. I can't take action. I, I can't even try. And you will very soon create self-sabotage and not do the thing. And again, that's sad because our life operates on doing the thing and living a really good life operates on doing bigger things and going outside our comfort zone in order to do them. So I'm going to give you those strategies soon on how to develop this self-reliability. So don't beat yourself up and do find the balance between holding yourself accountable. But I believe in having so much self-compassion and curiosity and just learning from your experiences Maybe I, okay, I was going to say I don't beat myself up, but I don't consciously do it. I do feel down on myself sometimes when I don't follow through with the things that I wanted. And then I start to wonder, well, what worked, what didn't, what can I do differently next time? So even if you feel those down emotions, try and bring it back up through to that curiosity because that's how you learn and grow and develop and change in future. Um... So do hold yourself accountable, but I'm going to tell you in a minute what things you need to stop doing because, okay, the first step, the first thing I need you to do is to have realistic expectations of yourself. ADHD can be very all or nothing, like, oh, I want to do this thousand tasks at once, or I don't think I can do any at all. That's, that's too much. It is too much. And I've noticed that we seem to go through this cycle where we can simplify things down and then we have all our brilliant ideas and then it re-complicates things. So you might notice yourself going through that cycle and that's okay. Just notice and always come back to simplicity because simplicity is where it's at and that's how we're going to get stuff done. Like way, 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 way simple. Even if you feel like, here's an example. I think I shared it on the podcast before. People are saying, just set three goals a year, set three goals, and then you'll be able to achieve them because there's enough brain space for that. This year, I simplified that. And I said, no, I want to continue my good habits, like my exercise, but I don't want that to be a goal because it takes up brain space. And then I'm chasing these multiple rabbits at once. Mm -mm. I need one, one goal, one, 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 just one goal. And I had to make it so simple that it seemed kind of stupid, like really, really doable. By the way, it's to release my podcast every week and I have definitely overcomplicated it because I have so many more goals I want to do. And I'm going through this stage at the moment where I'm trying to figure out how to go about that. And I had this 
wall this week of feeling stuck and not doing the things I wanted to do. And then I remembered my goal was just to do the podcast weekly and just to connect with people and grow an audience and share my thoughts and share who I am so you can get to know me and share my stories. And there are so many benefits from that. And um, sorry, those planes. So I let myself off the hook. I'm holding myself accountable for the one goal that I set. And those other things, I just have to put them to the side. And when and if I have energy to do them, I can do them and I will make plans in a way that suits me. But I really overcomplicated it for a minute there. Make your expectations realistic. If you have a to-do list on your everyday list and it's like 20 things and you are constantly not ticking all those things off, you are creating those neural links, those expectations for yourself and that belief and that habit that you don't you don't complete your to-do list in a day. And it's definitely fine and definitely encouraged to write down all the things you need to do, but have a master to-do list and don't put that on your daily list. Do not do that. This is where you can have your three things you want to get done in a day. But the three things are super simple, super, super, super simple. Um, let me think, what's an example for me? If I want to do homeschooling curriculum with my kids, that has to count as one. Um, if I want to do a big project like fixing something up in the house that needed to get done, that's one. If I want to record this podcast, that's one. I can't give myself 10,000 things to do. I can write down the things I need to get done daily around the house. And I do have a really cool app. Maybe I'll show you. I love this app. It's on Android and there's probably something, oh, my phone's so dirty. <laughs> I do clean it regularly. But those are all my things to do every day. Um, there's like a gazillion on there, but there are ones that have to get done. That's all my exercise. So I do exercise in the morning and there's a bunch of things on that list, but that just counts as the block exercise. When I'm cleaning up my kitchen, I'll take the bins out. But I did actually write that on my whiteboard list of things to do, but that's not one of my goals for the day. So be a little bit discerning, but anything that's going to take that mental effort, that motivation, that willpower to get done has to count as one of your three things. And I would even go so far as, especially if you are in the habit of having a to-do list that you don't get done, you don't need to have three things every day. You could have one thing you need to get done. If it's a big thing you're putting off, like call and make an appointment or respond to an email that you have resistance over doing, do one of those things a week. Just make it so, 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 so small that you will get it done. If these are things that are out of the ordinary and have to fit into your routine, just do one. Just do one. The next thing, let me just check if it's the next thing. Okay, no, hang on, hang on. Okay, sorry. If it's overwhelming as well, you're not going to do it. So I find if it's any more than three, I'm just going to get feel kind of swamped and I won't know where to start and I'm less likely to get them done. So this is another reason why just having those really small amounts so it's clear, so you know your plan for the day. You can call them your, I heard, heard someone call them the, your most important things. Um, there's a book called The One Thing and they talk about getting that one most important thing done first and I really encourage that because 
we have limited energy, we have limited brain space, we have limited focus, we have limited emotional capacity to do things that are difficult. So just, just keep it really minimal. Um, yeah, okay. And regardless of whether or not it seems like enough, if you say, oh, theoretically, like most people can get more done like this, most people can work a nine to five job and do this and that and do these hobbies on the side and blah, blah, blah. And, oh, I can get them done when I'm hyperactive and feeling like an energizer bunny or I can, when I'm hyper-focused, I can write a whole book in a night. I can do it. That's not our regular expectation. You have to be so realistic and get stupidly simple about it so that it would be like, ridiculous and laughable and obvious like oh obviously i'm gonna get that done something as simple as like getting dressed in the morning like oh duh like i can do that make it that simple and it needs to be specific it needs to be really specific because when i say to myself work on my slides i'm like oh working on the slides seems so but when i have it really specific like add to Add the information on communication to the next module of slides. Then I'm like, okay, that's a small job, but work on the slides is vague or finish slide decks. It's, that's a big job. So it's about being really, really specific. And one of my mentors and coaches on a recent podcast talked about, um, an example of a task would be in a business would be to post on Instagram. And he said, actually, that's not one task. That's two tasks. Someone has to write the caption. Another person has to post it. It could be the same person, but that's two tasks. And I think we often don't realize that we're doing multiple tasks in one task. And in a business or in a workplace, those things might actually be broken up over different people over a certain amount of time. Definitely in a list, have it clarified. And Lists are so great for ADHDers because when you tick it off, you get a little hit of dopamine. So it will make it seem easier to start with. It will seem more achievable. You'll feel more motivated to do it because it won't feel so overwhelming. It will take less time and you'll get that little hit of dopamine like, oh, I did that. So clar clarity is really important. Now I want to teach you about the... Yeah, okay. The dad, wait, okay, dad, delete, automate, delegate. Look at your giant list or look at your list of things for today if you've written like 10 things down and think about what's the most important thing. It needs to be important and urgent. And if you don't specify, if you don't look at your list and think about this, the urgent things will get done, but not necessarily the important things. So what are those things that are most important to you and the ones that need to be done most urgently? Do those. There's a great little grid on it. I'm sure you can find it if you Google it and it will show urgent and important goes first and then urgent, not important. Don't even do it. Urgent and wait, not urgent, but important we still want to get around to those sometime. And then there's not important, not urgent. Obviously don't do them at all. 
So you can start to delete things off your list that don't need to get done at all, or you can leave them for later. Things that you don't have to do yourself, you can delegate to other people, or you can automate. So I really need to automate my grocery delivery. It's fantastic that that's delegated, that I don't have to go to the shop and get the things. I can just click the buttons, but it would be even better if I automated it and they just showed up on my doorstep every week because I'm sure we're probably eating the same foods, but I'm using this brain space every week and the time ticking the same sort of things every week when I could just automate it. So delete, automate, delegate, and that will make your list smaller. Do the important and urgent things first and make sure you get around to the important, not urgent things. You can do that by creating false urgency. So saying, I need to get this done today because I want it done. I want the dopamine of it getting done and I want it done so I can Go to the next step so I can make progress. We want to feel like we're making progress, like we are moving towards the things we want in life, like we are becoming the person we want to be, like we are unlocking our potential. So just because it's not urgent doesn't mean don't do it. Put it on your daily list or your weekly list and move towards it. Okay. Then I also wanted to say when you don't do it, if you don't get around to doing the thing, just get curious about why. I love the bullet journal because there's the migrate um, symbol. So if I don't get it done today, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll find the next most appropriate time. And I'm not going to beat myself up that I didn't do it. I'm going to ask why. I'm going to ask what supports and systems I didn't have in place. For me, having my kids, um, that can often take a lot of my energy. So if I didn't do the thing earlier in the day, sometimes it's not going to get done. If I planned to do it, okay. Last week I planned to, we went, we had a really busy week and then we went camping and then I thought, oh, the day I come home is free. I'll spend a whole day filming. And I really didn't feel like it. And I, oh wait, it wasn't, was it that day? I don't know. It was on a week that we had so much, a really lot on. Um, and I just couldn't do anything. And then I was beating myself up all day, like trying to muster the energy. And in the end, I sat down and watched a movie with my kids because that's what the energy was calling for. Um, and I really needed that rest. And so I learned from that. I didn't beat myself. Well, after all the beating myself up for hours that day and trying to work out how I could turn it around, then I got curious and thought, hang on, this is obviously was not the right day to do this. So in future, I will plan better. I know that I can't always do these later in the day because things could go awry. My kids are both ADHD. They both have such strong emotions. And if I've been dealing with strong emotions, I don't have the energy to do this. So today was really great because it's like 3.30 in the afternoon and I'm able to do this, which is fantastic because I didn't have too much pressure on myself today. There hasn't been any other to-dos on my list. We had a really relaxing morning. It was a rainy day. So we, what did we do? <laughs> That's when you know it's been relaxed is you don't know what you've done. It was just really chilled. And we went to the library, the kids came home and we had a rest and read. That's a new thing I've added onto my daily to-do, but don't have to do list, my daily suggestions is to rest every day at one or two o'clock to reset my nervous system. And then we had lunch and then I did some art and listened to a podcast and did some reading and really nourished myself so that I could come up and, and do this and it's worked. So you can learn from your experiences and that's, it's just 
it's good to be curious. You wouldn't learn these things from yourself if you didn't have the negative experiences. Contrast creates clarity. So if you were just by chance doing the right things that worked for you, then you happen to stop doing them, you wouldn't know why it wasn't working anymore. So I think it's really good to learn through these experiences so you have that self-awareness and that power to recreate it when you need to. I think that's really fantastic. So learn from it. Um, okay, going back to the when you don't get it done. Well, I'm still talking about that right now, aren't I? A really good quote is, the brewing is worse than the stewing. Sometimes just getting it done, I'm getting into strategies now, but sometimes just getting it done will feel good. Getting it done first thing in the morning on the day that you have to do it. This is a strategy I used when I was studying for exams. I studied in the morning and then the afternoons I went to the beach. I went kayaking. I went over to my friend's house and she would be procrastinating, but maybe it helped her, I don't know, but I would wait for her to be done and then we'd go to the beach with the rest of the day and then you get the rest of the day off. It can feel amazing to get things done earlier than they need to be done rather than leaving them to the last minute. So if you're a procrastinator, I really encourage you to try that. Um, so that's kind of a strategy. Oh, it's really important. I need to say as well that the human brain wants instant gratification. And so we might not feel like doing a thing in the moment, but it's good to build this habit of relying on yourself and following through and doing the thing, even if it's like, oh, I don't want to do the thing. If it's your one thing for the day, it's like, okay, well, I get to have the rest of the day off or you can find a different thing that's going to reward you afterwards. My friend used this last week. She, um, okay, two strategies in one here. First thing, give yourself dopamine straight after you did the thing. It's really important that you get a hit of, hit of dopamine because dopamine trains your brain into... Um, well, it tells your brain, hey, we want to do this again in future because we got dopamine. So every time you get a dopamine hit, you're going to want to do the thing. Okay. So give yourself a hit of dopamine afterwards. It could be doing something you really love. It could be, I guess, a food reward. Um, it could be something that's really like a luxury for you, like having a bubble bath or lying in bed and reading at midday or my for my friend. Okay, hang on, I got to get to the other strategy. Sorry, I'm a bit all over the place as to be expected. The other strategy is to make sure your dopamine is fueled first because if you don't have dopamine, you might feel lethargic and like you don't want to do the thing. Sometimes when we feel tired we feel like we don't want to do it that's because our dopamine's low or our other um our energy's low our other hormones are low this is why i exercise in the morning because it gets the energy going it gets endorphins going it gets me feeling motivated so you could do something like that that's like aligns you um you could do meditation you can give yourself a treat like i have a chocolate protein um milk drink whatever and this morning I had a, that in a chocolate smoothie, which was delicious and healthy. So it can be something like that, or you can fuel yourself up. Like my friend, this was really clever. She decided to go and look on YouTube at the videos she wanted to watch. And by looking at them, that got her feeling really excited and motivated. And she told herself she would get to do, watch those videos after she did her task. And it worked. So she fueled her cup. She gave herself 
a reason to get motivated and get it done. And she got the dopamine afterwards. So I think that's really fantastic. And that was her genius idea, but also maybe came from, I told her a video that I saw where a lady was sitting down to do her task and she's ADHD. She got distracted daydreaming about her dream holiday or a dream home or something like that. But she wasn't just getting distracted by thinking about that she got dopamine. And then because her brain was getting fueled up with dopamine, she could come back to her task and do the task because she was feeling good. She was feeling motivated. So fuel yourself up first and reward yourself afterwards. Another little twist of this is kind of saying to yourself, okay, I'm not allowed to do X, Y, Z until afterwards. And I think Jen Sincero talked about this in one of her books too. Something that you really love to do and that is pleasurable and enjoyable to you, tell yourself, I'm not allowed to do it until afterwards. Not allowed to. Um, so after my friend did this, I did this myself as well. What did I do? Yeah, I said, okay, I'm going to get the thing done and then I'm going to work on my slides. That's what I did is worked on the slides. <laughs> Was not specific enough, but I said to myself, okay, I'm going to work on these slides for like half hour or an hour or whatever it is. And then I'm going to watch a movie with my kids and just switch off for the rest of the weekend. Friday afternoon, whole weekend, job done. Just that'll be it. I think I did that. Anyway, the rest of the day is fine too. But that was a good motivator for me because of this quote that the stewing is worse than the, wait, the stewing, the brewing, the stewing is worse than the doing. It is so true. And so many of us spend like every day thinking about this task that we're not getting done or thinking about our business and feeling like we have to be thinking about it. Otherwise, we're never going to do anything in it. I mean, that's kind of a, different. That's a really interesting thing to talk about as well. But that's actually work. Having work on the brain, but not getting anything done. It's working. It's taking our energy and our executive functioning just to think about it. And that's depleting to never have a rest from that. And you're not even getting the thing done. So it's really good just to do it, whether it be work or be a small task, the stewing is worse than, I always got to say the stewing is worse than the brewing. The stewing is worse than the doing. If you can just get it done, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. And then give yourself credit for what you've done. Before I was saying, don't beat yourself up for the things you don't get done, but also you really need to encourage yourself and pump yourself up for the things that you do. Even if it's a little thing, there's another hack that I can share, which um, helps with this self-trust and self-reliability. It's really clever. It's just to narrate the things that you're doing. So I'm sitting on a chair, I'm holding my microphone and that teaches your brain that the things that you say you're going to do, you do. You can say it while you're making your breakfast. I'm pouring the milk. I'm having a glass of water. This is also fantastic for manifesting because then when you start saying I am, you have this self-trust isn't that cool? Just a, a side of the ADHD. You need self-trust and self-belief to believe in manifesting. So it's really worth working on because then when I say I'm going to have a glass of water, I'm going to have, or not, I'm going to, I'm having a glass of water. I am running my dream business. I'm living in my dream home. I'm driving my dream car. You know, your brain and your energy knows that those I am's 
are real for you. They happen for you. I'm walking down my hallway. I am wearing my pink top. I am driving in the car. It may sound silly, but it is building that belief in your brain. Isn't that so clever? This is totally to the side of ADHD, but another manifesting hack is to pick something up and say that it's the thing that you're picking up. This is my dream house. I have it. And have that feeling and you are linking. This is a neurological energetic link for yourself. The motion of having it. I may be holding my makeup, but I am getting the feeling of picking up and having it. I'm just telling myself, this is my dream house. It may sound weird, but but try it. Just pick something up over and over again. Oh, I have a thousand dollars. Oh, look at this thousand dollars. And just like you're a little girl playing with toys in the bedroom, like little horses, you pretend that it's real. Just pretend that it's real. Little hack for you. But those I am's really important, not just for manifesting, but back to ADHD. And give yourself the credit for things that did work. That's what I was talking about before then. Because yeah, too often, like with other people, we'll forgive them for things that didn't work and then really encourage them and pump them up for things that did work. But for us, it's the reverse. Like, oh, I did a terrible job with that. But, oh, it was nothing when you did something good. No, switch it up. Really celebrate everything that you did, that you do in your life. If it was difficult in any way for you, like, oh, I, I got to that thing on time. Wow, that's amazing for me. Oh, I learned a new thing on guitar. I practiced that thing today. I did the thing I said I was going to do. That is amazing. And I'm sure if you share this with your friends or if you're part of a really positive community, they will pump you up on this too and celebrate whatever it is that was maybe a little challenge for you. Maybe it's easy for other people, whatever. Who cares about other people? It's amazing for you to go through that growth and to just do the thing. Anyway, I think I've actually covered everything I wanted to cover. So let me try and wrap it up a little bit for you. Um, you know what? You guys probably have ADHD brains, so I'm sure you've followed all of that. It's just me feeling like I'm all over the place, which is funny. I saw a cartoon. Hang on. Here I go going all over the place. But I saw a great cartoon the other day about ADHD conversations and how they go all over the place and at the end they end in an apology. It's funny that I just did that. I'm sure you guys absolutely understand. We talked about, um, okay, we talked about not beating ourselves up when we don't get stuff done. We talked about the importance of developing that integrity and that self-trust because it just feels really crappy when you don't do that and you don't get to physically get the stuff done and you don't get to move towards your dreams and then you feel like you've got your potential locked inside and it's blah. We don't want that. We want to be unleashing our potential and moving consistency consistently towards our dreams because that's what life's all about. Um, we talked about compassion and being curious when we don't get the thing done why? What happened? How can we do it in future? We talked about having realistic expectations and the DAD, DAD, delete, automate, delegate system, having just the one thing or the three things for your day, or if it's a big thing, one a week, whatever suits you and breaking it down into really clear, tiny, ridiculous steps that are like, oh, obviously I'm going to do that. Like I use the example of putting your clothes on in the morning. If that's difficult for you, use the example of like 
oh, obviously I go to the loo when I need to. Like, it just happens. I just do it. Obviously I eat when I'm hungry. Obviously I breathe. I know you're all breathing. That's one thing I know you definitely do. Um, and we talked about... Um, the I am saying I am doing the thing. I am having my glass of water. I am holding my microphone. I am doing my dishes before I cook my dinner. I'm doing the thing and building up that self-trust because that's how you're going to get firstly positive neurological wiring that's going to help you do these things in future. It's funny that people think they can just willpower their way to doing things. No, you've got these underlying systems. Work on your neurological wiring. And then when this is there, when you trust yourself and naturally do the thing that you say you're going to do, you won't have to think about it. You won't have to push through and use willpower. Sometimes it might be a difficult thing, but you will trust yourself that you are going to get it done regardless. And you won't beat yourself up if it doesn't happen today because you know you can do it tomorrow. You will have the understanding of how you operate. You will have understanding of what sometimes goes wrong and what sometimes goes right and you'll be able to do it. I believe in you and I'm so excited for you. And you can remember that other strategy of rewarding yourself before and after to make sure your dopamine is fueled up getting it done early in the day so you get the rest of the day off and really pumping yourself up when it's done because oh my god it's awesome that you did it you're gonna feel fantastic when you did it when you've done it the stewing is way worse than the doing so just sit down hang on one more strategy bonus strategy for you pomodoro technique can be helpful i was speaking to my friend about this she said she hates timers just you know and my my kids actually the same so when she said that made me realize um maybe it's not just well, I guess it is stress and anxiety. I know a few kids who really hate timers, but if you are not someone who hates timers and feels like they're a big, you know, bad guy looming over you, um, you can use them and say, look, I'm going to sit down for 25 minutes and I'm going to work on this task. I'm going to do as much as I can. And then once that's done, I'm going to give myself a break. If I sit down and I can't get anything done, I will have self-compassion. I'll try again next time. Or maybe I'll go and have a walk or fuel my dopamine in some way so I can come back and sit down and do it again. And that ties in a little bit to my other episode about building momentum rather than using motivation. You can watch that one if you want to. But that's the Pomodoro technique. It's 25 minutes. You can set a longer timer if you want, but the aim is to make it small and achievable and not daunting. Anyone can sit down and do something for 25 minutes, surely. You can try at least. If you hate timers, don't do it with a time. I just say, okay, I'm going to sit down for a short amount of time. I don't know how people who don't use timers do it, but I'm sure you've got a way. You can still use this te technique. Just don't use the timer, whatever. Sit down and do a small amount. Sit down and challenge. Okay, oh my God, this podcast is going long, but okay. Listen to my last podcast. I think it was the last one about the five motivators for ADHD, interest, novelty, challenge urgency and passion because you can also use them with these strategies in getting stuff done um yeah yeah so yeah for example like with my kids i might let them hold their guinea pig or have music that they like the way i get my treadmill exercise done in the morning is i pair it with eft or listening to a podcast because that really motivates me you could challenge yourself 
challenge and say, okay, I'm going to see if I can get this done in half an hour. So I, I can then go and have lunch with my friends. And that would be, I don't know, interest, novelty, novelty, or you could sit down and do it in a different place or whatever it may be. Those things can help too. So I wish you luck. You can get through this wall, this resistance, make it so tiny that it's easy. If it feels too big, logically, you got to make it smaller, even though, even if it seems like a smaller thing than the rest of the population, than neurotypical people, then whatever, even if you think theoretically you can do more, if it hasn't been happening, obviously there's a reason you can't do it at the amount it is. Shrink it, shrink it down. I literally, my friend had to write up something and she was like, this is too much. It's overwhelming. I don't know. I can't even do anything. And I was like, okay, but could you maybe rearrange one thing? Could you change literally one sentence? And she was like, oh, one sentence. Like, why would I just sit down and do one sentence? Of course I could do that. And I was like, good. You go do that one sentence. If you feel like you can't get started on the whole thing, I want you to go and literally change one sentence or one word. Make it so simple. I want you to go out now. This is your life, but I'm going to give you a little bit of tough motivation here. I'm just a video. I can't actually make you do it, but please go out now. I was going to say if you have the time, but there's pretty much always the time. Go and do one teeny tiny, the tiniest little first step. Make it a clear first step, even if it's just change a sentence or open the document. Do you know how many times I've got work done because I said, okay, I'll just go and open up the document. I'll just go and open up Canva. I'll just go and open up my website. I'll just go and, you know, look how my background looks. And then I will start going, okay, well, maybe I'll just rearrange some stuff. Oh, maybe I'll just write this thing in. Oh, maybe I'll just do this on my website. I did that once. I felt unmotivated and the momentum built. I went to do one thing on my website. I went to upload. I went to like prep my podcast. I went to prep it, um, like just do all the systems and stuff. And then it told me I needed to upload something to link like Google and Apple podcasts and stuff. So I uploaded something and then I ended up uploading every single one of my 55 meditations and I finished all the videos. I think I did the next session. I finished the last few videos, but I, I literally spent five hours on that first day when I felt unmotivated because that momentum built and I got so many dopamine hits every time I set up a new part. I'm not saying dive into hyper-focus and do it for five hours, but I'm saying sometimes we feel like we're blocked, but really it's, it's this mental energetic block. And if you get started, you're releasing the block and who knows how much you can get done when you move that block. I'm not saying go out and get a whole lot done, but move that block and take the first step. And then you'll be able to take the next step and the next step. And then you won't have a million tasks to do. Then your dream business won't be so far away because you will be moving forward. So, that's what this episode's all been about, unblocking that resistance and moving forward to get the stuff done. I hope it's been helpful and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.